when you think of Houston, the first thing to come to mind will most likely be the Astros, maybe even our killer restaurant scene. What you might not know is there is more than a handful of talented authors inspiring children to read more. Enter Tanya Duncan Ellis, author of the Sophie Washington series. Catch up with her at tanyaduncanellis.com. During this episode, we discuss literacy in Houston schools, her first paycheck as a writer at the age of 14, and the time she met Dr. Maya Angelou. If you enjoy this episode, there are two ways for you to help reach more people. One, you can share it with a family member or friend, or both. And two, you can go to cruise through htx.com and support the show. Thank you. Hi, I'm Ed Sheeran. This is Bruno Mars. Hey, it's Katy Perry. This is your man Flo Rida with Freddie Cruz. This is AJ Mitchell with Freddie Cruz. Freddie Cruz. Freddie Cruz. Tell your chico pick Mr. 305 and you already know what it is. My name is Freddie and it's time to cruise through HTX. I love that from a young age, you were encouraged to read and write. So I'd love to begin the conversation with that fifth grade competition that changed your world quite literally. Yes. Well, my background in writing began when I was in the fifth grade and won a writing competition at my school. So they had a young authors competition where we had to write and illustrate books and mine won first prize. And until that point, I'd always loved to read and write. My mother took me to the library once a week as a child and that planted the seed that maybe I could be a writer one day. And during those times, we didn't have author visits at my school, which is something that I do now as an author. So I'd never met an author in person, but I felt like, well, maybe I could become a journalist. So I set my sights on writing for newspapers after that time, after I won the competition. And when I was in high school, I was about 14 years old. An article that I wrote was published in my hometown newspaper. It was an editorial piece, and they put my picture in the paper and had it paid me my first check, $25. So I said, this is something I could make some money on. So it kind of continued from there. What did you buy when you got that $25 paycheck? Keeping in mind that $25 to a 14-year-old is almost like 100 bucks, kind of, sort of. Maybe not in 2023, but, you know, back in our day. That's a good question. I honestly don't remember what I bought. I know during that time, I spent a lot of my extra cash on clothes and different things like that. So that's probably what I bought. But that's a good question. I don't remember exactly what I bought. Imposter syndrome is a real thing with creatives and especially people who write for a living. How often, if ever, does it happen to you? And if it does happen to you, how do you dig yourself out? I've written since um, I was younger. So I've been published for years as a journalist. And um, so I was comfortable having my writings read widely by different people because I worked for a Houston-based family magazine for almost 10 years. And they had a circulation of about 80,000 people. And I've also worked as a newspaper reporter. So I've always had people reading my work. But at times I would feel kind of like an imposter. And actually a week ago, I spoke with a friend of mine who I met here in Houston, who was a children's author. 
And I think I started feeling like, yes, I'm a real writer. I'm a real children's author. Once she invited me to um, participate in an SCBWI, which is the Society of Children's Book Writers and Illustrators group here in Houston. And I kind of found community with other writers of children's books there. And it ended up got that support and validation from them because we have critique groups where we read each other's work. And that made me feel like, yes, I'm, you know, this is my work's good. People like them. An- another thing that really made me feel authentic as an author is that I started getting letters from parents of children who were reading my books. And one child sent pictures in of her dressing as my character. Oh, that was like a defining moment for me. I think that I was like, yes. And she actually had on it's from my book, Sophie Washington Hurricane. So she had on a Houston strong shirt and cowboy hat. And that made me feel like this is really impacting kids lives. You know, I'm really a part of their childhood, just like my favorite authors were a part of my childhood. And building on that, literacy is a huge problem in the Houston area. And here you are, a local area author who is going out to schools and speaking with kids and showing them, the not by, by preaching to the choir, but by showing them that, hey, you're meeting a real, actual author and reading can be fun. So let's talk about your author visits and how you are helping to alleviate the problem of illiteracy here in in Houston. I really try to encourage the kids to read. When I was their age, of course, I didn't have all the distractions with the cell phones. And even I hadn't them going through a pandemic, I'm sure impacted so many of the kids when they were at home and not in their regular routines of school. But I just share with them that for me, reading books has actually literally opened up the world to me. I'm originally from Louisville, Kentucky, and my family never traveled. We didn't have money to do a lot of different things. And reading books made me dream bigger and want to do all kinds of things and aspire to do so many different things. So I really encourage the kids to read because it it opens up the world to them and just let them know it's a fun thing to do. You know, I share my journey with them and I think it does encourage kids. And actually one little girl who um, I met at a school visit, her mother sent emailed me and she started writing and she was telling me she wanted to write. And I told her about a writing competition I heard about and she actually won $400 and has been um, participating in a lot of writing events. So I just kind of share the story I told you about when I started as um, a fifth grader writing and tell them about that and just tell them that writing can help them in so many ways. Even if they're in STEM fields or any kind of fields, writing is going to help them communicate. So it's important in all areas for them. Oh, absolutely. And I love that you are not just for the sake of writing a book that's set in Houston, but there's always going to be some sort of lesson. And Houston happens to be the backdrop because that happens to be where you live. But there's always a lesson within the Sophie Washington universe. Yes. Each book deals with different... There's 13 books in the series, and each one deals with different problems that she's facing, like uh, standing up to bullies, getting along with her brother. In one of them, they're managing uh, video game playing and social media use. So it's dealing with a lot of different tween issues. And they're kind of episodic, like you'd see in an old time sitcom or something where they have a problem and then they're kind of solved by the end of the book. And Sophie learns different lessons. 
can we go back to this once-in-a-lifetime meeting with you, your classmates, and the iconic Dr. Maya Angelou? And what's, what's one thing that surprised you from that experience that might surprise her fans that they maybe never heard? Just the time she took with us and her love of youth and just spending that time with us touched me because, and at that time, I wasn't even aware of how big she actually was, you know, and those, so we kind of, we picked, we actually picked her up from the airport. So I was able to spend a couple of hours with her and she spent a lot of time. She was kind of like that auntie that's, you know, trying to impart that knowledge. And it was very important to her that she t- um, encouraged us to reach for the stars and do all these things. And I was just now when I look back, you know, she had a big speech that she gave for a huge auditorium. And she took that time to impart this knowledge to to us young people. And even for me, that was the first time I thought, hey, maybe I could write a book one day because I was asking her how long it took her to write I Know How the Caged Bird Sings. And um, she was telling me, you know, what the process was like. And I thought, hey, maybe I could do this. She was really the first real author I had ever spoken to because we didn't have these uh, events like we have here in Houston now. You know, so that was just a wonderful experience. And I'm grateful for that time. And I've since seen that she she just had a heart for young people. It seemed that she wanted us to achieve. And that was very important to her. But she took so much time with us. So I really appreciate that. Yeah. And that's got to be one heck of a first time author meetup. Really sets a high bar for everyone else. (laughs) I know. And I honestly didn't even know how I had read her book. I know why the Cage Bird sing one of her books. I had read that as a little girl. And our English professor was like, hey, come on, guys. It was about four of us. And we got to do that. I didn't even know the, you know, what a great gift this was at that time, at that age. Gosh, I got to go and pick up this Dr. Angelou. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. <laughs> yeah. So it was, it was a wonderful experience. I love how you got book number one of the Sophie Washington series done. And that was with the help of your children. So let's talk about some of the challenges or some of the benefits of getting it done with the help of your crew at home. Well, it was really a fun time because I, I, I've always um, read bedtime stories to my children and I would always make up crazy stories for them and my nieces and nephew. So um it kind of, and I, it was just a natural outpouring of things we were already doing. So I just decided I want to write a book. My youngest son hated reading. My older two liked to read a lot. He would just be looking out the window or never, he never wanted to crack open a book. So I said, well, I could come up with something fun and relatable that he might like. And so I started writing The Queen of the Bee and I would just share it with them during our regular story time at bedtime. And they might say, well, hey, kids don't talk like that. Oh, you need to add some more drama. This is not, you know, yeah, you got to make it more exciting. So it was fun, you know, a fun time. And they read a lot of my early books. Now they're older, so they don't, they're like here. And I talk about my books all the time. So they're probably, here she goes again. But they helped me, um, especially 
with dialogue and different things. And a lot of it is drawn from my experiences with them and their friends too, and just listening to them and the different things they do. How much of a chasm was it getting the dialogue right? Because we're talking about someone who's a grown up and you're writing a book for kids and you're getting feedback from kids. So how how hard, how easy? Was it not as hard? Was it not as easy as maybe you thought it would be to get that, to get the, the dialect right? They call it the, uh, the voice, you know, in the writing circles. But for me, it really was kind of easy because I think they say that that time of my life, that between age is a time when that I emotionally connect with. So I'm like, I'm kind of like a big kid or something. But um, I loved books from that time, like Judy Bloom when I was growing up, that have that kind of realistic fiction in that voice. And I was around kids so much. I was the room mom at my children's school. I taught Sunday school for 12 years. I did a lot with them in their activities. So I was around children all the time and I would drive them back and forth to school. They went to private school in Houston. So we'd be in the car like an hour a day and I'd be picking up their friends or going different places. So I just knew that child's voice and what, you know, how they spoke and what they would say so many funny things. So a lot of that just came naturally to me. It's like a different way of uh, of achieving that 10,000 hours to mastery. Yeah, exactly. I do believe that because I was with them all the time and I actually was writing, you know, even though I wasn't writing novels, I was writing on deadline for a magazine, like I said, for about 10 years. Plus I had written in journalism and things. So I had a lot. I've always written, even I've worked in corporate America. I would do neighborhood newsletters and things like that. I just always enjoyed that. So um, the writing part wasn't ever really that difficult for me. And getting the voice, it did kind of marry everything that I was doing because my book, The Snitch, uh, my kids were talking about bullies at their school and they didn't want to be called snitches. And that kind of was what got me the idea for that. So a lot of the books, the themes came from just different things I would observe with the kids around me. What's an area of Houston you'd like to write into a Sophie Washington book? Oh, that's a good question. And I've written a lot. I've written about the rodeo. I've written about NASA, Galveston. I've kind of written about a lot of the areas in our community. Maybe Discovery Green or have them go uh, to an event down there, go ice skating or different things like that, go to the Galleria. There's so many wonderful areas in, or places in our area to talk about. Oh, absolutely. Places within the Galleria area or places within the museum <laughs> district yes. that aren't even museums. Or even have them go to the Children's Museum and do something down there, that Health Museum or the parks do some of there's so many different places even have them go to um, Miller Outdoor Theater or something like that would be fun or the zoo if Sophie could give a TEDx talk about HTX what topic would it cover and why TEDx talk about Houston Texas I think she would talk about just community and different people coming together, working together, because she has a diverse group of friends from many cultural backgrounds, and they all in different in the different books work together with teamwork, friendship. And that's what I feel about our community, that it's kind of like a melting pot. But I love the diversity and I love the the sense of community that I have here. Tanya, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about something big that is happening for you in 2024. 
Yes. Um, in 2024, my first big picture book deal that is um, through HarperCollins Publishers is um, going to drop. It's my first picture book. They built me for freedom. And this book is about Emancipation Park, which is the site of the first Juneteenth celebration. So I'm thrilled to have this come out. It's about our history, and I can't wait to share it with everyone. Love everything about that. It's in 2024. In the meantime, grab all 13 of the Sophie Washington series, the books, y'all. They got the worksheets as well, and the website is tanyaduncanellis.com. You can check her out there and all over Instagram and Twitter. Thank you so much for coming by the show, Tanya. Thank you so much for having me. I had a great time. Hey, you're not going to make it through the entire episode without me reminding you once again that if you enjoy this podcast, you can help me grow the show by leaving a review on your favorite podcast platform and by signing up for the newsletter. I can guarantee there will be free stuff involved at some point before the end of summer. So if you want to get in on some freebies, you can sign up at cruisethroughhtx.com, C-R-U-Z, through htx.com.